This is Ken Forster, Executive Director of Momentum. Welcome to our Digital Industry Leadership Podcast, produced by, for, and about digital industry leaders. In this series of conversations, we capture insights from the best and brightest minds in digital industry. They're executives, entrepreneurs, advisors, and other thought leaders. What they have in common is like our team at Momentum, they are deep industry practitioners. We hope you find these podcasts informative as always. We welcome your comments and suggestions. Good day and welcome to edition 129 of our Digital Industry Leadership Series. I'm pleased today to host Ehab Harani, CTO of Exino AI, a company providing food quality as a service. Exino is Momenta's newest portfolio company and headquartered in Switzerland. Ehab is a seasoned executive and entrepreneur in the wireless and IoT sectors with a 20-year career spanning from executive management to design engineering, marketing, business development, and of course, startup founder. With a start developing sophisticated verification systems for nuclear weapon tests, Ehab has since been at the forefront of remote sensing and monitoring. Among the other companies he has worked for are T-Systems and ASCOM before founding Exino. Ehab holds a Bachelor of Science in Computer Science from the University of Vienna. Ehab, welcome to our Digital Industry Leadership Podcast. Ken, thank you for having me here. It's uh, it's really a pleasure to uh, to finally get to uh, to host you. I know we've been talking uh, with Exino for over a year, uh, trying to work toward this uh, investment and uh, to get closer to uh, to you guys, particularly. So, very happy to have you finally as the Momenta family, or I guess conversely, that Momenta uh, be part of the Exino family. So. Let's uh, start. I always like to kind of start with a person's background. And so, you know, what would you consider to be the red thread through your professional journey? Well, I like to see myself like uh, being a translator. Um, I'm always trying to translate data, what we are gathering, uh, to make something out of it, to make a meaningful outcome. Uh, Sometimes it's about translating pain points of customers uh, to create uh, system requirements or to do uh, data mining uh, to create new relations and discover new things. So it's all about translating the data actually, what, what, what I came through. I like that. That's actually a good uh, good starting point for this conversation. So you had a pretty unique start developing what I consider to be truly critical sensing systems for the Comprehensive Nuclear Test Ban Treaty Organization, which is a, a mouthful, but also referred to as CTBTO. How did your early work uh, here inspire your leading role in IoT? Actually, working for the United Nations, uh, in particular the CTBTO, did inspire me in, in uh, let's say, in two ways. Uh, it was for me like a learning curve, how to, uh, you know, when working to the United Nations, uh, how to value my work or the work I'm doing with totally different KPIs other than profit. This is on one hand. The other hand, it's learning much about, uh, you know, gathering huge amount of data and how to focus on the primary target of the organization itself to detect and monitor nuclear explosions on, the, on a global level. 
deploying, you know, uh, like hydroacoustic infrasound uh, seismic stations all over the world. So we were practically detecting any vibration happening anywhere in, uh, on this earth. And of course, such uh, uh, such a, uh, an approach will produce a lot of noise. But what amazed me, uh, uh, you know, in the developing course of the CTPTO, that we did succeed to make use even of this unneeded data, noise, to generate an auxiliary value for uh, for others. You know, uh, if you are thinking about about yeah, tsunami, for example, and so on. We had this, uh, you know, hydroacoustic stations uh, uh, at the sea, uh, at the sea level, you know, detecting all of the sound waves worldwide. So uh, we are focusing on our primary target uh, uh, and uh, taking also this, uh, let's say, unneeded noise or data and creating values for others. I think there's probably a general theme that we'll capture on that in, in a few minutes. You subsequently spent 15 years at ASCOM, uh, what I like to think of as Switzerland's first IT company, um, where you became CTO actually in 2013, as I recall. What were some of the key projects that you worked on during your time there? Uh, there were a couple actually, because I worked within the ASCOM group uh, at different departments. Uh, I remember one of <laughs> beautiful projects, let's say. It was a project about uh, ticket vending machines uh, in Melbourne, in Australia. So uh, uh, the communication there was was a little bit, uh, uh, you know, difficult. Uh, so you are talking about the ticketing vending machines, which had only uh, only uh, 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 electricity. So we were using the bus as a mediator for uh, transporting the data. That means each time the bus arrives at the station, the ticket vending machine will exchange the data with the bus. And once the bus gets to the main station, it will exchange it with the backend system. That was a nice uh, way of doing it. Uh, and the other one, what I remember very well, it was uh, it was a 10 key system for managing you know, the Gotthard tunnel uh, in Switzerland. Uh, we had like sensors all over measuring oxygen, nitrogen, CO2 uh, in seconds. And we had to store the data uh, for at least 10 years. So that's where I came to learn how to manage a huge amount of data and how to tackle that with, with, with the managing system. In January of 2016, you spun out Exino Solutions, uh, so focused on, at least at the time, the nascent IoT space. What uh, what inspired you to create this company? Actually, it was the uh, the definition, the core definition of uh, Internet of Things. I started asking myself, what is a thing? Because, I mean, I'm used in the course of working for ASCOM and so on, monitoring a lot of equipments, let's say, or assets. And then I thought, uh, I would like to have more a direct approach uh, to define the thing as something different, like a food, a piece of meat is a thing for me. And I wanted to pair all of this experience, what I gathered through the years from the CTPTO or from the ASCOM uh, and their nature of, you know, offering 10 key systems uh, to uh, 
drive new research projects uh, uh, with research institutions with the, with this experience I gathered. So uh, that was actually the uh, the key. I wanted to focus on connecting the worlds of research and you know B two B business. Again, I guess bringing back your uh, translator red thread in that regard, uh, a bridge between both. What uh, what is Exino's value proposition? Well, we have a couple of pain reliever and some added gain creators. <laughs> uh, simply defined, uh, we have three areas. We are reducing food waste uh, through more visibility into the quality of the food itself. We are reducing the energy cost uh, of the coolers and increasing the food quality itself. Of course, uh, such system is much less valued if not paired with the operational process integration running at the retailer supermarkets. So as I, um, as I understand Exino's value proposition, you guys are focused on validating what's, uh, what's called core temperature. What exactly is core temperature measurement and, and how is this traditionally measured? Well, it's, uh, it's actually an old approach. Uh, with a logical deadlock, uh, newly interpreted by, by Axino AI. Traditionally, you know, quality manager uh, do have the duty to measure the quality of the food sold in the stores. And one of the main distinctive marks uh, is the continuous measurements of the core temperature of the various food groups. The logical problem do arise from the fact that the more measurement you do, or let's say, when you are taking a probe to measure the core temperature, it will produce more food waste. Because simply put, uh, you cannot sell a piece of meat, no? for example, after you pinch the plastic bag to measure the core temperature. So uh, it was a situation where you cannot actually do more testing to reach more quality or more monitoring because you will have, uh, you know, will produce more food waste. And we wanted to tackle that, that to have like, let's say, contactless uh, measurement of the core temperature and to be continuous 24-7 uh, for the various food groups. What are some of your key use cases and, and uh, wins? Well, there's a, a couple of facets for this because um, um, the food quality itself, it's a, from a sales point of view, if I put myself, you know, in the shoes of, of uh, a retailer, uh, a customer will go to the supermarket with the highest food quality or uh, the more fresh food, and then he will collect, let's say, the other food, what, what he buy always like canned food and so on. So it's a, it's a driver for, for more sales for the customer themselves. This is one thing. Uh, the other thing is, um, you know, a couple of years ago, it, uh, it, was, it would be hard to imagine that a discounter will sell sushi at his stores. Nowadays, it's, it's, uh, it's normal. So I think it has had to do with the, our society or how the society do develop. We always try to get more and more fresh food. So uh, maintaining this level no, of freshness uh, is very critical or became very critical uh, 
to retailers. This is one thing. Uh, uh, the other thing is how much effort do retailers do invest in maintaining such monitoring of the quality? It's a huge amount, actually, which each store do spend each and every day uh, to measure uh, these, uh, 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 to measure the core temperature uh, of the food. Uh, on the other hand, uh, and that's why I was talking about the uh, IoT or Internet of Things, no? if you consider uh, uh, the thing as a cooler itself, the cooler is just a mean for the food to be cooled. So uh, now uh, you don't know how is your uh, food is doing within the cooler. You just you know, set it to a specific degree. But this is, uh, you know, this is a variable thing because you have always the defrost cycles within the cooler. So uh, now with our system, uh, the customer has different insights and is using it also actively uh, for setting the bar of selecting the future coolers, what he will be investing in based on the core temperature and based on whether this cooler will maintain the quality of the food or not. And the other thing is adapting, actually, uh, uh, adapting the, uh, the energy you know, uh, of the coolers or used by the coolers to maintain, uh, to maintain the quality or the core temperature. So it's a part of it is reducing the, what you call it, the WLE, the workload equivalence. And the other thing is uh, reducing the energy used for cooling down the various foods. And uh, the third thing is reducing the food waste because you don't have to pinch anymore. This is one thing. The other thing is, uh, you know, uh, like power outage you know, or cooling problems happen all the time in each and every country in this world. And once it happens, you know, and let's say the uh, food store manager will come uh, uh, three o'clock in the morning, you know, after four uh, hours of, of, of the cool, uh, you know, cool equipment after, after they stopped working, he has to make uh, this decision uh, uh, again and again. Uh, uh, is it okay to throw out the, f uh, to keep the food and selling next morning or to, uh, you know, throw the food uh, away? And without having the possibility to have a core temperature measurement, uh, uh, a couple of supermarkets, or a lot of them, do tend actually to produce more food waste than uh, selling it because simply uh, they don't have the insight of the quality itself. What um, I think we really loved about Tixino when we first looked at it, one, obviously your largest uh, client is also the largest retailer in, in Switzerland, so Migros, and uh, and well, well known because, uh, of course, uh, Semtech, uh, who um, um, drives the LoRa standard, did a use case on you guys about uh, two years ago and, uh, and, and some great videos that Migros did as well. But what we loved about that was the fact that um, – if you look at the regulatory, um, let's say risk mitigation that you just spoke about a few minutes ago in terms of uh, ha uh, food quality, what they call HACCP standards, um, the the value, uh, that's the upside value of better quality food, and then the uh, upside value of energy savings, which you talked about earlier, it's a win-win triangle all the way around, and and you know proven certainly by Migros and a number of other uh, um, retail clients that you've uh, you've worked in as well. 
the I think the other aspect as we looked at the business was certainly uh, you have your own recognition within uh, you know particularly Switzerland the dock countries as a, an expert in you know what you one might call a, you know quality management four o right a, a play of course off the industry four o idea so putting that hat on what do you see as some of the key drivers and opportunities for you know, food quality and quality management in the next five years? I think we are now, what you call it, in an opportunity window. You know, uh, three years ago, you know, European Union did introduce you know, uh, uh, the regulatory to, uh, uh, to write down you know, uh, the temperature of frozen food as well. In the United States, in California, uh, they started 2018 no, with this regulatory. So I think we are moving toward because uh, toward uh, having nice to have HAACP no, uh, regulatory, uh, what you call it, uh, from from uh, nice to have issue to have it like a regulatory issue, because on a global uh, level. 30% of all perishable food goes wrong uh, uh, within the cold chain. And this is, was a study, I think, published by the University of uh, Köln in 2019. I mean, this is a huge amount. So I think we are moving uh, toward this to have this regulatory. The problem is uh, the regulatory institutions do not know that uh, this kind of intelligence uh, is a, uh, was developed by Axino. Uh, they don't know that such things do exist in this world, that they can put it in their regulatory. So I think the more uh, uh, the more we advance in the time, the more the system that this possibility is existing, I think uh, the more uh, progress we will see in, in, in the regulatory uh, 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 instructions uh, for supermarkets and restaurants and the cold chain itself. And, uh, and of course, as a result of that, um, um, a, a bigger business opportunity for, uh, for Exino. So Momenta Ventures recently invested in Exino. As I said, you're actually our newest investment. And uh, of course, we're working together to accelerate the company. Tell us a bit about the progress and, and really the plans from your perspective. Well, the good thing, what I liked about working with you, Ken, with Momenta is uh, you help a lot. You helped us a lot to focus on our main uh, service, which is uh, food quality, and uh, we are seeing much of progress right now to set it as, as as a standard on a global level. So we are not thinking only in a you know like a Swiss level or you know German speaking DAC uh, level uh, in Europe, but really on a global level because. We did uh, challenge that in uh, different areas, you know, in different continents, and the need uh, is exactly like here in Europe. So I think with the, uh, with the help of Momenta, uh, we are getting much more, uh, what you call it, um, awareness uh, on the global level and uh, focusing more uh, on our core uh, new service, which is food quality. I've uh, often bragged internally about how fast you guys are moving, and uh, and forgive uh, forgive me for the Swiss comment, but for a Swiss company, 
<laughs> and, uh, and and I owe a lot of that just to uh, your own uh, leadership. But, you know, in a very short time, you've brought in a new CEO, uh, a head of hardware, uh, a head of sales, uh, a new board member, you know, also with some very deep uh, experience in the retail sector. Um, we've um, hopefully are pretty close to securing a, a, a sizable seed round from a large strategic investor. And, uh, and of course, all the little things like ERP systems and, uh, and, and uh, web presence and all that kind of stuff. So the company has moved really, really fast and um, we're very excited to be part of it and uh, uh, where it's going as well. Um, finally, question I always like to ask is, you know, kind of what books, people and or resources inspire you? Well, my favorite book in, in, this, uh, in this sense is The Good Strategy, Bad Strategy by Richard Trommelt. And uh, I read it, I think, a couple of times. <laughs> I like it very much and how he interviewed, you know, uh, the CEOs from all over and challenged their strategy. And actually in the Axino AI, I'm following, uh, you know, a specific, specific uh, uh, um, strategy uh, 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 which is described very well in the book, uh, which was used actually by IKEA, the furniture uh, furniture uh, producer. All right, good strategy, bad strategy. Definitely one that I will have to put on my uh, my reading list, and then uh, we'll have to have the test question of the IKEA strategy in there. So, Ehab, thank you for this uh, insightful interview today. Ken, thank you uh, again very much for having me here. So this has been Iha Barani, CTO for Exino AI, who are providing food quality as a service. And if uh, if if I don't uh, mind saying so, uh, a uh, translator of uh, great ideas. So Iha, it's been a pleasure having you on here. Thank you for listening, and please join us next week for the next episode of our Digital Industry Leadership Series. You've been listening to the Momenta Digital Industry Leadership Podcast, produced by, for, and about digital industry leaders. We hope you've enjoyed the discussion, and as always, we welcome your comments and suggestions. Please check our website at momenta.one for archived versions of podcasts and webinars, as well as resources to help with your digital industry journey. Thank you for listening.